Hey gang, this only applies if you are listening to this episode on the day it drops, which is Tuesday, January 28th, because tomorrow, Wednesday, January 29th, we will be back at the People's Improv Theater in New York City doing a live show talking about Masters of the Universe, starring Frank Langella and Dolph Lundgren as E.T. who has cancer. I don't... The Skeletor... Look, is oh, not I thought you were great. talking about He-Man. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, Frank Langella in the whole thing. Right, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, he's got some medical conditions. Yeah, it looks... yeah, he looks like human garbage in that movie. Yeah, it's, it's not good. So we will be there on hand, 9.30 p.m. show. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. It is in the Underground Theater, and it is $5. $5 for a full bar, a night of comedy. You really cannot beat the People's Improv Theater, so come on out. And as far as people asking about whether or not the episode's going to be released and recorded, here's the policy on live episodes. They only get released if the room is over half capacity. That's what it is. That's right. Can't just be waiting for these live episodes to drop and we're talking to two people Big and my wife. Sticks. Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, New York listeners, if you want this to happen for everyone else, maybe uh, support some local comedy once in a while. <laughs> Turn into a little bit of a Jewish mother here. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you want it to come out now. Yeah, we're guilt tripping you a little <laughs> bit. I, I know I live all the way in a furia. <laughs> But least you could do is visit once a while. You know, we got we got a lot of listeners all over the globe, but I know for a fact, statistically, we have a ton of listeners in the New York City metro area. So come on out tomorrow night, the 29th of January, 9.30 p.m. Visit the pit-nyc.com for tickets. And by the way, everybody, just a few short days from now is the deadline for the Animation Damnation Animation Contest. Like we've been saying throughout the entire month, you get uh, one to two minutes of audio from our first episode of Animation Damnation, which was on the He-Man, She-Ra Christmas special. Animate our voices over whatever you want, one to two minutes, nothing longer than two, nothing shorter than one. Mail it to weallhatemovies at gmail.com. If your video is the selected winner, you will receive a month's worth of plugs from us and send us three titles uh, that you would like us to make episodes out of. We'll pick one and we'll do it. Your work plugged for an entire month. And hey, you know, request month's coming up and your pick's not getting in there. So <laughs> you might want to take advantage of this. Yeah, exactly. You want a second chance at get, getting, uh, you know, a pick of yours on the air? Enter Animation Damnation's Animation Challenge. You have till the 31st, midnight Eastern. Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Gavin. And we hate movies. everyone welcome to we hate movies thank you for tuning in to our fine program if you're new to the show welcome thank you for checking us out have a seat take your coat off make hi. yourself comfortable hi hey hey eric oh i was talking to the new listener oh well oh. hey chris hi we are here talking about our final selection for the worst of 2013 and you know as we discussed last week there's just so many movies. You know, we had to... Yeah. yeah. It's it's four movies. I mean, this isn't the definitive worst. There's so many bad movies that came out. I mean, last year I thought was a really great year for movies. I, I had an actual hard time putting together a top 10 and a top 25. Yeah. and But also, at the back end of that, there was just so much garbage. 
as much good stuff as there was, there was like three times as much garbage. There's always more garbage anyway, but it was a real like one to three ratio this year. And uh, hey, that makes it fun for us. Yeah, you can't recycle it all. But, I, but Die Hard <laughs> got in there. So yeah, I really do have to say this one stood out. This one was the one for me that was just like, how do you fuck this up so? How do you fuck royally? it up? And of course, you know, to make it official, we are talking about a good day to Die Hard, directed by John Moore. Uh, it was also released in January, which is the movie Graveyard. It's super graveyard time, man. January and kind of early February, and then of course August. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just dog shit town. Like if your movies get I, I released, then, yeah, I Frankenstein. God, oh, I just can't even wait. I can't even wait. <laughs> I am. I'm tapping my toes here. <laughs> but it, I was so excited that we picked this movie because so many people online were like, "Oh, you got to do a good day to die hard, right?" So I feel like today we're making a lot of people's wishes come true. So you know. Hope you enjoy you're welcome. this. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so, I mean, we hope this is going to be the last of the diehards, right? We hope this... It, we're putting the, it better be. It, what, it damn well better be. So, but what's the next one? Die Hard Slow? Die Hard in Space? Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a Die- little pissed off about how with the last one and this one, it's like we're playing off of an oh, yeah. I think the next one's going to be Die Hard on the Operating Table. Yeah. Because, you know, John McClane's getting older, body can't really keep up, Yeah, goes well, in for routine surgery, and then he's just done. See, but that's – I would love that to happen, but it won't because of what we learn in this movie, which is he's clearly some sort of cyborg or a superhero. Oh, right. yeah. But he became a cyborg later on. Like, because in the initial, in, in the first Die Hard, yeah. you know, he breaks a plate of glass, steps on it, he starts crying and sniveling around on the ground for like five hours yeah and and in this one you know in all these other ones he's just like i can walk through the wall i can throw the tank well, through the, the i mean it, it gets progressively you know more insane as yeah. the sequels build up but this one like at the start of the movie the first action sequence he gets in quite quite literally a life-ending car accident like yeah. you're not stepping away from the car accident he gets in in the beginning of this movie and he's driving some like Farmer pickup truck, clearly not wearing a seatbelt. Wholesale slaughter. Oh, yeah. Of people. Like, oh, yeah. The amount of people, like, he runs over a bunch of, I mean, we'll get there, but there, he just runs over all these cars who have people in them (laughs) who are obviously crushed to death by the car. Uh, John McClane would say there weren't people in those cars there were russians in those oh, cars. Yes. man oh man just stoking the fires of hate yeah it's totally like and that's the thing right like john mcclain is a product of emperor reagan's times like oh, yeah. that's he the time is a cold warrior <laughs> he is um, which is why he this kind of action star is you know rendered irrelevant in 2013 like this this kind of action star we don't have this kind of character anymore no now we have jason statham that's like i got to move this car from here to there or something actually (laughs) good like jason Bourne, where actually you know these are good action movies where all the fighting is fantastic and there's like a lot of like jet set anime yeah and this is i mean to me this movie is more for a born type of action star because to me, he's always, I mean, John McClane is 
American. You, you, you John, have to keep him in America. John McClane should not leave the United States borders. Like that's like if he tries, they should stop him. It's like no, 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 no. You're going to try to get in some wacky adventure someplace else, and we can't have that. We have to contain this loose cannon. Yeah, all your crazy shit has to stay on our soil. Otherwise, like this movie international incident a gator-esque like jaunt down to the bayou i'm fine with it <laughs> that john mcclain wants to go down there that's fine you want die, to die swamp um, yeah. sign me up <laughs> die swamp. <laughs> but it's funny a that german we- gets drowned in the swamp <laughs> it is funny that we were talking about um robots and how he is one because he is kind of just inverted robocop because it's all <laughs> like in it's all mechanical inside but his jaw is just <laughs> fucking iron Oh yeah, I mean he he is just, and that's what they tried to get around in this movie too, right? Like he is just the dude. Everything bounces off him. He's a tough guy. He's slinging one-liners. He's a cowboy. In this movie, he's like telling this son how much he fucking loves him, and all this horse shit. Like I'm trying to make up for lost time and bad blood. This, that, and the other thing. Like, give me a break, dude. Like. This is John Yippie Kaye motherfucker McLean. And speaking on that, the delivery of that in this movie is so lazy. Oh, God. And, and preceded by uh, the things we do for our kids. Yippie Kaye motherfucker. Yeah. And like, like, oh, my God. Like, I can still remember the first time I heard that line in the first movie, and I was like, holy crap, now that's a catchphrase. And I, when I saw this in the theaters, which I totally did because I'm a diehard fan, I was like, oh, no, that, it's over. That, that is the – his Yippie line in this movie is the death rattle of that character. You, you know where that Yippie belongs? That needs to be said when, like, Bruce Willis – has has like a slumber party with his kids and there's like 25 <laughs> kids around that he doesn't know and like they drag the dad out and be like things we do for our kids okay i'll say it everyone yeah. all right yippee come on dad say the line yeah it's so shoehorned in like it wouldn't have made the movie any worse if he didn't say it you know it's that kind of and he doesn't even kill the villain himself no. in this movie. Well, like that's, that's been we hate movies for this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I mean, speaking of his kids, this is clearly a passing of the torch situation. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, and and I mean, so it starts. It's we're in Russia, and right, yeah. Jay Courtney. As he's Jack McClane. Jack McClane. He's he's Stage- on one of those. Uh, is he in a is he in a sword and sandal program? He's, I, he used to be on Spartacus or yeah, something. Yeah, but I remember but, him, Jack Reacher. Well, yeah, but you know, guys, guys, it's coming up. You were tapping your toes about it. He's in I Frankenstein. Oh, is he? Oh, is he really? Oh, yes. oh, now I'm even more nice. excited. Who's he play? The Wolfman? I don't know. I think he plays like Frank Dracula or something. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Aaron Eckhart's name is Adam Dracula now? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Why isn't it fucking Frankenstein? What are you talking about, oh, Adam Dracula? Oh, I'm sorry, Adam Frankenstein. Oh. <laughs> sorry. So sorry. it would be Frank Dracula. <laughs> Wait, Adam. My monster's mixed up. Adam Frankenstein. Yeah. Dylan Mummy. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Adam Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. Meet, meet my friend over here, Wooly Wolfman. Well, I think, I think the name might actually, I don't know. How do you walk it into sounds... a fucking job interview with that name? You don't. That's why he slays <laughs> demons for a living. Lives at the top of a fucking bell tower or something. <laughs> He's Quasimodo. 
So we're in Russia. Uh, in this case, by the way, it's Budapest uh, subbing for Moscow. Of course. Which, again, you know, we talk about this all the time. But, I mean, come on. If you can't film in Moscow and you got to go to Budapest, like, your fucking international thriller is yes. just as fine there. Set it in goddamn Budapest. What does it matter? Moscow's over anyway. We all know it. Because we really <laughs> want to give the kick to Putin, I guess. I guess so. Ugh, it's whatever. So we're in Moscow, and it, it, this is a pretty long cold open of, like, these two Russian guys. Defense one's a, ministers. Yeah, one's the defense minister. The other guy's this political prisoner. Of course he's playing chess because he's a Russian stereotype. Uh-huh. And that political prisoner character, Yuri... Uh, Kurum, Kurumov, Kurilov, right? Kuratov. I don't Chris, know. Chris, did you notice the actor who was playing this? It's the guy from Black Book and the Lives of Others, Sebastian Cook. Oh, holy shit, that is that guy. I know. I just I found out like after I watched this movie twice, and then I, I was look reading up on it, and I was like, oh my god, <laughs> what what happened, man? <laughs> Zwartbach, by the way, great movie. Yeah, I love yeah, that movie. Terrific. I mean, so is The Lives of Others. Yeah. Speaking not, of RoboCop. Yeah, not this movie, though. Uh, so so we're in Russia. This dude is, like, being sentenced. And it's it's a whole big scene to set up the MacGuffin, right? Where's the file? Where is the file? Oh, my They're God. looking for the almighty yeah. file. The file that might have, like, evidence against the defense minister or something. Something, something. Who could possibly care? That's mm. what... That's what the movie should be called, honestly. And by the way, this pisses me. So, okay, so that happens. Uh, and it's just like a little, give me the file, give me the file. And then it's cut with Jay Courtney doing a very, very shitty variation of, uh, remember in Collateral when he goes to the, the Japanese club yeah. and he shoots the guy? It's that scene, essentially, except for condensed into like 30 seconds. Jay Courtney right. goes into this club, like he goes in the back door, grabs a gun from the kitchen, and assassinates this dude. It's his whole plan to get him arrested. You know, we don't really know what's going on just yet. We're going to come to find out he learns he works for the CIA. You know, but he, he assassinates this dude, blows his head off in this club, gets arrested, and he's like, oh, get me in prison next to uh, this other fella, and I'll make sure whatever goes down. And I mean, it's the worst opening to a dire. Film I've seen because the Die Hard with a Vengeance it opens you know Hot Town Summer in the City oh, and kaboom it. oh yeah there we're right the fuck into it the first Die Hard we're getting to know the character real quick and then whoops terrorists are taking over a huge tower That's and then the second Die Hard oh my god a layover a layover <laughs> but then two planes crash into each other it's just one of those things where I would the note I wrote was just get to the terrorist attack. Like, get to the inciting incident, and it is, like, 15 to 20 minutes into this movie before anything explodes. And, like, it's it's this courtroom, you know, this guy is going to testify and whatever, and there's Jay Courtney next to him. You're like, oh, something funny is going on. And then, like, here comes the armored car, and I'm like, all right, finally, like, looking at my watch. Cross-cutting this with McLean, we get one shot of him in New York City. He is, you know, at a firing range. range yeah. A buddy cop comes in. He's like, hey, I found your boy because I guess you've been wasting my time <laughs> searching for your son. Where's my boy? You know, I've lost my boy. You've been, you know, whittling down the hours down here. And this dude's just like, oh, it's not good, John. He's in Russia. Blah, blah, blah. It's not good, John. And he's like, oh, well, I thought it would be drug dealing or something. It's like, shut up. Just shut up. Or no, what's the, he's like, uh, is he? 
is he in jail or is he dead? And the guy's like, worse, he's in Russia. (laughs) And that's all we get of him. Actually, depending upon which cut of the movie you saw, if you saw the theatrical cut of this movie, there's a scene where he goes to the airport and Mary Elizabeth Winston reprising her role as Lucy McLean from the last movie, because who could possibly care, is like, oh, let me go with you to track down my brother. No, that's okay. See you later. If you have the director's cut of this movie, they they very smartly cut that scene out and extend a chase sequence later on in the movie. That's like the 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 difference there. But guess what? The the okay. So the first movie, the family is involved in some way because yeah. he's rescuing his wife or his estranged wife. His estranged wife. You see, a, there's a quick scene with the kids. Yep. When Thornburg comes to the Th- Richard Thorn, whatever. The second and third movie, there's like nothing. I think she's on the phone. She's well. Remember the second movie? She's trapped on the plane. Oh yes. and they're running out of gas, and she's on like the 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 sky phone with him at some points during the movie. Uh, the third one, you hear. I don't. I don't think it was Bonnie Bedelia, but you hear a woman's voice on a payphone, like John, you asshole. Yeah. And to me, the third one is. Other than the first one, obviously the best, but the third one is the second best to me. Always will. I agree with that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm down with that one. And <laughs> as soon as that happens, you're done with the family. If you've made one movie where the family doesn't matter anymore, you're kind of done with the family. So now you can start, if you want to have like a romantic interest, I don't really give a shit. Exactly. No, that, but now he's, he's so old that it's like he has to look, oh, like, where is my legacy? Where's my sperm? forwarding society i need to track down my kids well there is that really eerie scene in the fourth one where he's stalking his fucking little girl oh yeah he's like going to her apartment just like Like, hanging out while she's making out with her boyfriend like yeah i'm gonna make sure this guy's right for you and all this fucking horse shit steely john mcclain who killed fucking what 300 people easily in his life yeah Cares about some guys kissing his daughter. Give me the fucking break. Well, you know, he's a concerned father. Protective. Yeah, yeah he he's, is. Pro- he's a he, world's protector. You think, and he's, listen, you know. how protective he is of America? <laughs> Give America curves. <laughs> put it under his his roof. <laughs> he's going to be protective. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. Gonna, he's, mm, curvy America. <laughs> so speaking of how much he loves his kids, he loves his kids so much that he's going to travel to Moscow to try to track down his kid even though he has no idea what he's actually doing there. So we get John McClane in a taxi cab. Uh, there's hilarious banter with a cab driver who loves to sing Sinatra. Yep. Oh, don't worry. We get to hear New York, New York, but we're in Moscow. Now, here's the thing about, you know, traditional sort of diehard tropes, right? So, like, in the world of Die Hard, a character that he kind of encounters earlier on in the film always sort of comes back to help him in some way. Like the second one, that fat guy, that cop who's giving him shit about parking the car, turns out to kind of help him at the end of the movie a little. Well, the Uh, limo driver. The the, the whole thing I was thinking about this whole scene was the limo driver. Limo driver from the first movie. Uh, I mean, I guess technically Samuel L. Jackson through all of the third one. But like in this movie, I was like, okay, so this taxi driver is going to come back in some way and and help him out, right? Because that's how Die Hard... Oh, 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 what? Oh, you're never going to see him again? Oh, okay. I guess we'll just completely forget about 
the way these movies are made. I mean, it like, sets the, up something. Though, those characters like are like sort of comedic, and that Taxi Driver was set up that way as well. Yes. And then this movie, you just don't have any comedic character like that. Oh, no. After this part, which is supposed to be funny, it's not. there's not a single laugh to be had. There's Bruce Willis trying to read from an English to Russian dictionary, uh. and he's like phonetically trying to read Russian words. Yeah. And it is hilarious. And the guy's like, oh, you actually told me you would like to eat some hair. And I'm like, oh. Uh, his- do you want sex? I get you sex. <laughs> oh man, hair and sex. This is a fun movie. Yeah. Man, what a what a what a zany miscommunication he's having with this cab driver. Oh, God so damn it. twenty minutes into this movie, we finally get to the terrorist attack. So this this courtroom blows sky high. And you know, of course John McClane's standing right out in front of it. He spots the boy and it's like Oh, hey, John, come over here. What what the fuck are you doing in Moscow? I've got no idea what I'm even doing here. I've got no business talking to you. And, you know, he assumes like his son's a criminal of some kind. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, why don't you stop and talk to your dad for two seconds? Meanwhile, this kid, Jay Courtney, is trying to, like, get this political prisoner out of the prison. And, like, cl- like clearly he's trying to do something with this guy. He's a CIA operative. He's not stopping to talk to his father. Like, it's see, not happening. Just punch him in the face and keep going. You put him, you know, he's a father, so you put him in a trunk somewhere. But, like... You get him out of there. This you have, as we find out a minute from this, he is on a timeline. And or it, Chris, you yeah. maybe respect your elders, and maybe when I your father so. tells you something, you listen. Yeah, even in Moscow. Yeah, yeah. you clean the shit you gotta, out of your you ears. Gotta be, you gotta listen to daddy. Yeah, because I guess that fucking matters in a diehard movie. There is an amazing scene. Like, there's a moment right here in this scene. Where Jay Courtney's like, fuck this, and he pulls a gun and points it in his face. Yeah. And Bruce Willis is like, What are you gonna shoot your own fucking father? And I was like, please do it. Yeah. I will gladly <laughs> watch you. Like, if this was like uh that last what the heck was it? Halloween Resurrection? The last the last one before the Rob Zombie reboot, mm-hmm. where Jamie Lee Curtis is at the beginning of the movie and they kill her. Yeah. Like Michael Myers kills her, and you're like, oh. Well, I guess that's over with. Like, that's what I was wanting in this movie. I'm like, listen, if you just shoot him in the face right now and you, Jay Courtney, take over the diehard mantle, like, I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. I mean, it'd be hard to redeem him after he shoots his father in the face. I guess so. Well, you could just make bad (laughs) diehard then, like the evil diehard. Like, now you got, like, John McClane Jr., which is his name, (laughs) and he's, you know, looks similar, right? They, They shave his head down. Yeah. And now he's gonna be thrown off a tower later or something you know yes like he's just the bad guy now why yeah, not he's your hans gruber I, I'm, I'm up for that he actually. could chew the scenery because because you know that the whole archetype that is john mcclane would more or less be viewed as a villain today yeah. or at least be put on probation you know or look you don't want to make him a villain have him get hit by a bus <laughs> you know like oh here comes the terrorist van yeah squash I mean, traffic in those countries. Oh, people drive like maniacs in Moscow. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, this. I mean, speaks to. I mean, Bruce Willis in this. I mean, the whole time he's like, "The best things in life are free." To the birds and bees, I won't. Like that's just. It's so clear. Yeah. He's doing nothing but looking at his paycheck in this movie. It's really embarrassing. I mean, honestly. I can't think of the last time Bruce Willis tried in anything. Moonrise Kingdom. 
Yes. Okay. Very fair. Fair assessment. Uh, or fair point. Um, That's his best movie in ages. I, I would. It is maybe one of his. I think it might be his best movie that he's in. I mean, it's just like there was a time when you saw Bruce Willis brandish a fucking automatic rifle, and you were like, "Well, I'm in for some well, fun." There's nine dollars. You just have yeah. nine dollars. Right I never there. thought I would get to a point where watching someone fire a machine gun was boring. Oh, yeah. But this movie makes it possible. This movie totally makes it possible because he's sitting there firing at nobody terrorists and like yawning the whole time. Yeah. I want to talk about the villains in this movie because th- this is another gigundo problem with this movie. Die Hard is known for snappy villains and yeah. not just snappy main villains, but like you know some of the terrorists in the other movies, yeah. like all the thugs you and everything. You get the sub-tier even, yeah. Yeah, you like, remember what they looked like? They either had like a distinctive hairstyle They were or... mini-bosses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, in this movie, it's all just vague, generic, blurred-together Yeah, it's thugs. like, you know, I don't. there's nothing to shooting like 50 guys in ski masks, you know, but if, if, if they have... A face and a personality, yeah, and maybe add something to the story in some way. Maybe they each have a particular thing they do. Like one guy, maybe is the computer guy. Oh wait, I'm talking about Die Hard. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because they're you're, all... you're talking about a good movie. Yeah, you're, they're all witty. Like there's, there's, you know. God, I mean, Jeremy Irons would fucking die her with a vengeance. <sighs> that's a, that's a performance I, of a I lifetime. Mean, he just hits every note, and he knows exactly what he's doing. The whole movie, and even I mean, I mean, obviously, um, Hans Gruber is. There's never going to be a better, you know, action movie. No, Alan, I mean, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman Oof. knocks out of the park, and he, fuck, even William Sadler in Goddamn Die Hard Two is really fucking good. He's so, great. He's jerking off in that movie. Yeah. Maybe I don't, you know, that's my dream for that character. <laughs> oh no, he's jerking off. Oh, and, <laughs> and John Amos. John Amos is the crooked. Uh, oh, is the general? Yeah. Oh, he's great in that movie too. He. John Amos' shit where he hates Dennis Franz's fat guts in that movie is fantastic. It's some of the best parts of Die Hard 2. And I don't want to leave it out. It's like, again, it's a a 21st century Die Hard, but Timothy Oliphant in Live Free or Die Hard is a good villain. Pretty strong villain, yeah. There's no, like, we have a top tier villain whose big, uh, like, quirk is eating a carrot like Roger Rabbit because that's hilarious. One scene. Yeah, yeah, one single it's scene. He totally, eats a carrot. Just totally left on the floor Wait, for every other scene. Which movie is this? The, this is the, this, this one. one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> sorry. The one, the, with, the most forgettable one. Okay. Yeah, the the one with the anonymous villains. Like the one that sticks out is the one in the black suit who's eating a bright orange carrot. Like that's how you know you're supposed to be like, oh, that guy's the lead villain because he's munching a carrot like a like a weirdo. He's <laughs> eating a whole carrot. And I mean the female agent because she has breasts, obviously. Oh, that, yeah, that's where the eye goes. Then. Yeah, man. After after well, the well, carrot, you see something phallic. <laughs> you, see the, you see the curves. Yeah, you know, I mean, exactly. It all goes, it all goes together, Eric. So there's a whole it's, big chase scene. Millions of people are dead. Who cares? They have to get like what happens is McLean, John, Bruce, Bruce Willis, the the elder McLean. Totally gets his CIA son burned. Like yeah. the whole thing is on a timetable. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the stopping him in the street being like, what are you doing in Moscow? Don't point a gun at your father. Like <laughs> Bruce Willis screws up the timetable and the CIA, like we cut to an episode of Homeland and there's fucking Saul standing with his arm crossed. Like we're just going to have to, we're just going to have to break contact. This isn't going to happen. Shut it down. We're shutting it down, everybody. And then Tracy Letts is in the background rubbing his fucking sweaty hands together. 
Spits in his fucking eye. <laughs> Man, he plays a waiting, pain in the waiting ass on the that. whole season for that. Just for Saul to spit in his eye just once. Oh, God, if only. All I wanted. So, you know, the, the, the CIA black site, wherever, is like, all right, shut it down. Like, the window's closed. Yep. Can't do anything Done. about it. And, like, they go to a safe house. Like, he's dragging the dude from Zwartbach with him. That guy's shot, you know, and the whole time it's just Bruce Willis like nagging him like, what are you doing? Aren't you going to stop and tell me what we're doing? Where are you going? What's going? And he's just like, you know what? Do the movie a favor and don't come with me. You know, it's like I'd rather watch like a Jay Courtney born ultimatum type movie. We were talking a little bit about how like all the before we recorded, I think, about how all these diehard movies are based on other properties originally. Yes. But like. This sounds like it was written for Jim Belushi, not <laughs> John McCain. What are you doing? Oh, hey, come on. What, you're not going to tell me what your big operation is? <laughs> <laughs> Bolsheviks? <laughs> oh, man, I'm back in Russia. Great. <laughs> yeah, this was. that's interesting you bring that up. We'll say that on the air. This is the first Die Hard movie where the draft was a totally, or like the script was drafted as a totally original Die Hard concept. The first movie is, it was supposed to be Commando 2. The second movie is based on a book. The third movie is based on a previous screenplay. And so is the fourth movie. Uh, the fourth movie, which was hilariously titled WW3.com and was about to be made into a movie and then got shelved because of 9-11. Yeah. So I'm sure it would have been great otherwise. No. <laughs> yeah, what? you know, d- .com in your movie title <laughs> always works. I'm looking at youfear.com. Oh, uh, yeah. Possible. Stay tuned. Well. People love dot coms. So. I guess they can be places of uh, joy and terror, which is what makes, I guess, for and appealing the Third World play. War. Apparently, well, that's the whole thing, right? The Third World War is going to be fought on the net. Yeah, I've heard about World of Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> so they well, get to this safe house. I did want to. I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, you. no, that's uh, fine. Uh, um, the problem with uh, and I, I I give the live free or die hard a pass because it is enjoyable for the most part. Uh, I mean, so Kevin, I'm not I'm not behind it, but you know, it's Kevin, not it's better than this. Oh, oh yeah, by a yard. <laughs> and I mean, and watching this definitely makes you, you know, appreciate a little bit of what like Len Wiseman was lending there. Yeah. Um, but the problem with these two movies, and they actually they talk about it at the end of this movie because he has a line. Uh, John McClane has a line. Um, well, no, Jack McClane has the line. Uh, Jay Courtney asks him, he's like, uh, do you know if you, uh, you know, are, if this happens to you or if you get into these situations? And I'm like, well, the good thing about the first three was that he didn't get into the situations. He was a victim, a victim of circumstance. Right. And that was what was so good about him because he's, you know, the beleaguered stuff makes sense then because he's like, what the fuck? I just want to fucking get home. Yeah. All, all I was doing was going to my wife's Christmas party. Mm-hmm. All I was doing was trying to pick my wife up at the airport. Then a third time, this dude called me while I was hungover. These two 21st century diehards, we'll call them the diehard 2.0s, yeah. right? The diehard V2s. Too rock the diehard. It's all fucking call yeah. to action yeah. bullshit. The diehard.coms. Yeah, it's him being like, oh, there's something happening and I'm going to get involved. I'm going to get my hands dirty. It's like, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. Like, we got it. Bruce will you know what I mean like we got it John McClane it's like you know the first the first two three were like it's just like a man being a man and sometimes trouble finds you and you're a man you take care of it and then <laughs> the other ones are like I'm an old man I gotta show people that I'm a big man I'm getting involved yeah <laughs> 
Exactly. And the family stuff ties right into that. Like the fact that he's now with his family in the in the fourth one and the fifth one. Yeah. And what but, was so great was the the fact that the villains like kind of overtook him in those movies. And that it was chaos everywhere. This one, I mean, you just you know he's beaten everything. But, and the, with the family stuff, I mean, the, it is possible to write a diehard movie. I think po- it, it might be possible to write a diehard movie where the family's involved and it's not garbage. Like maybe like he's trying to stay away from everything like we like we've like we've established and like he's just with his kids in some New England sleepy town and like shit goes down maybe a kid gets kidnapped or something and then he, you know there's a call to action. Though. Right. Well, you know, it's kind of uh, a stereotypical trope but it's an action movie so who cares? They're on vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, they go to some place, some beach resort, and some Cuban terrorist. You know, they go to right. on vacation or, to or Miami. Like drug lords, something, or, something happens. Or like he gets—he's now working at the hardware store, and he gets held up. <laughs> See, oh man, that's what you want in a Die Hard sequel. Like, because of all the shit that happened to him in the first three movies, he's like such a wanted guy that he has to go into a form of witness protection. Right. And then Ed Harris shows up and says, Johnny, where you been? <laughs> totally. And he fucking breaks a coffee urn over somebody's face. Yeah, I'd want that. So so he's Jay Courtney's burned. They have to get to the this this black site. Which is run by uh, what's his name, Cole Hauser. Uh-huh. Cole Hauser's like in this apartment. You by know? the way, when I read that today, I was like looking at IMDb. I was like Cole Hauser. I'm like going through his credits for a little while. I'm like, oh, I was thinking of Wings Hauser. <laughs> <laughs> I got excited for nothing. Yeah, you got excited for nothing. You got excited for Cole Hauser, who's like, yeah, like John McClane Jr.'s handler. Yeah, like CIA handler or whatever. And they're trying to orchestrate like getting them out of the country. And Bruce Willis is just like so disrespectful of his son's profession. Like he's like, "Oh, you're into a bunch of spy shit, spy shit. Oh, you little CIA buddies." It's like, dude, your son's got a great job, dude. We were just talking about it. He's a Jewish grandmother. The whole movie, <laughs> he's just like, "Oh, you with the CIA? That's really impressive, you know." Donnie Mordenstein, he has his own practice, and he has a dental practice out in Long Island. Man, there is a scene where he's talking about like what other people from their neighborhoods uh, do, and it's like, like taking out shut vacation. Up. Shut the fuck up! It's like you know, Bruce Willis. Yeah, your son didn't follow in your footsteps and become like some NYPD officer, right. but like they're bigger footsteps though, yeah, in a yeah, way. He's right? He's got a great career; like he's making serious money. He's you know presumably protecting the world. You know something, something. National security gets mentioned in this movie. He's like murdering people in mass, but the government condones it. So Bruce Willis is like taken back by that. Like, no, you gotta, you just gotta be. Uh, a cop with zero jurisdiction anywhere you go. <laughs> it's got to be wholesale start... slaughter every time. Right. It's got to be wholesale slaughter. And I'm not saying they have jurisdiction in Russia, but, you know, the U.S. government is okay with it. Well, no, it's like, oh, what? Your mass killings are sanctioned by the government? Lame. <laughs> Look at my lame pussy son doing work for the government. You think anyone ever asked, anyone ever told me to kill anyone? Nope. I just killed anyone I wanted. I, I picked myself up by the bootstraps and just started killing people. Half the time, I killed people the police specifically asked me not to. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what being a man is. 
I have a jar in my closet filled with the tears of all the mothers of the people I murdered. What do you have? It's, College degree, fuck you. I only, so, I only have this ear necklace, Dad. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's so awesome because not only does he bust his balls for working for the CIA, he then has no idea how the CIA functions because Jay Courtney's like, well, you got me burned, so this whole mission's off, and we just got to get out of here. And then, like, shit goes down. Cole Hauser gets killed, so we don't even have to worry about him being in this movie anymore. You know, and then they're they're on the run again, you know. And now he's, like, John McClane Jr. is like a man without a country, totally, you know, disavowed by the U.S. government. And John McClane Sr. is like, well, can't you just call your pals at Langley? Like, what's the fucking problem? What are we waiting around for? And he's like... You don't understand how this works. They officially don't care if I live or die. That also includes you now. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, Langley, Black Hats, you know. The can't, suits? Can't, yeah, can't one of your spooks help you? I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't you? The suits. The suits. I'm always yelling at and telling them that they're bad at their job. Damn, <laughs> can't you get them here? Isn't there a red phone around here somewhere <laughs> to uh, President Eisenhower? <laughs> can't you just push a red button? Isn't there like that a Batman phone booth? comes out? <laughs> phone booth around the corner. Yes, go in it. It'll just go right down. Superman might be changing in there. You can go and get smart. That's how government works. <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25. And for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction. I didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time. And the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WHM. This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now, Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you could lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. 
So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. So this movie decides to pull a ridiculously annoying thing, which is a resurrecting the diehard franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's its first magic trick. It's second one is trying to pull, I guess what we'll call a double MacGuffin. Cause the whole thing is like this, this political prisoner has a file, right? The dude's like, good dear Papka. Where's this fucking file? And he's like, Oh, well, all right, I'll take you to the file. But first, you have to take me to this hotel where I've left a key that gives me access to the file. So we have to traipse all through Moscow to get to this hotel so he can get the first of two MacGuffins, pick up this friggin' key, and and then go out on your quest. Yeah, what am I playing, (laughs) Mist? Go into the library. Take out your map. Look at where the key is, and then look, you know, where the... So this dude is like, you know, all right, I'll leave the country with you, but I have to get in touch with my daughter first. I'm not leaving Moscow. I'm not leaving Russia without my daughter. So they're like, all right, we'll call her. Have her meet us at this hotel where we got to pick up this key because it's so exciting. And this is after like this super long, like 15 minute car chase where you couldn't possibly care about it. It's it's almost like a getaway level car chase where we're just constantly slamming into cars cars are impossibly crashing everywhere it just goes on forever and you know it's just it's useless like there was you know another diehard movie would there would be a sense of you know like space kinetic like you you want some sense of through line and and it does go to the fact that and i give len wiseman a lot of fucking credit for that fourth one because the action moved and you got a clear sense of it. And that's what he's good at, but, is making action scenes good. Well, we have to um, lay some blame somewhere. And Len Wiseman, I believe, is the man who refurbished him into a cyborg, yeah. a cybernetic being, <laughs> a learning computer. Because he's just walking over like, he's like, oh, oh, there's a F-16 falling into me. All right, well, I'll just roll off it, whatever. Because I am go. robot. Yeah, that that's in that movie where I was like, okay, we're getting a little silly here. But still, it's 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 a the diehard movies they they thrive on their silliness. There has to be a little bit of a silliness to all of them. But you're not fucking Superman, dude. No, of course not. But like, I forgive that more than I forgive something like this, which has zero like. We call it silly, but it doesn't think it. The movie itself doesn't think well, it's no, silly. No, it thinks it's being totally awesome. Badass. It's a fucking erect cock for the entire movie. <laughs> I got some uh, movie evidence here. Now, you got to look at Bruce Willis's wife beater at the end of uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. And it's just covered in sweat, stains, soot, blood everywhere. Yeah. And look at his clothes in four and five. Tailored. 
It yeah. looked like they were no. just pressed. Yeah. He's got some, like, awesome diesel jeans on, like, in both of these movies. He's wearing, like, a cool jacket at the end of this movie. Like, yeah, he's got a little, like, dirt on him and whatnot. A dust. A little bit yeah. of a sniffle afterwards. It's fine. Yeah, there's a little bit of blood. Like, there's one part in this movie where he pulls, uh, like, a shard of glass out of his leg. And, and then it heals like Wolverine. <laughs> If you think back to Die Hard with a Vengeance, there's the scene where him and Sam Jackson slide down the cable to get onto the boat. And there's the scene where he, using his teeth, pulls the metal, like, uh, like cable shard out of his arm to pick the lock. And he makes a big deal about doing it. And he's like, ah, you know, and it hurts him. In this movie, he's like, Oh, hey, son, how you doing after we just made that huge jump, you pussy? What are you, bleeding or something? And he pulls the glass shard out of his leg and is just like, meh, glass. I don't even think he limps in this movie, frankly. There's very little limping. And honestly, that's what made Die Hard movies great is that it had, like, the weight of the real world around its legs. Like, it, there, you, you're, people can die and it's presented in a realistic way. Hell, they, they get all those children into a uh, high school assembly – believably they either could never have pulled that off in four, four and five i feel like <laughs> no. there's nothing that feels honest about a minute of well, it because they're not banging him around i mean that's the bigger thing is that in in the he's first... banging russia around yeah, he walks around russia. thousands of people die cars roll it's over all fucking loud some machine guns that go on for fucking ever and there's this it's like and i know i just talked about the silliness thing but like in the scene where cole hauser gets it in the head um, there's like a couple of like bad guy troops come in and like Bruce Willis is killing them with the machine gun. Yeah. And they keep on going in front of the machine gun. Oh yeah. And they don't stop like any normal bad guy would be like, oh, look, five people just died. Maybe I shouldn't do the exact same yeah. fucking thing that they just did. They I... pile into the room like N64 GoldenEye yeah. villains that you just keep shooting as they come through. In, in all those other movies, probably the fourth included, no villains would do that. No. There They're would be smart. something about it. They'll be around the corner, add a little suspense to the scene. How's he going to get out of this one? yippity yippity da. And also... And speaking to again, just like doing the villains wrong in these movies, he ha- because there's no clear cut villain really. There's no opportunity for John McClane or the other McClane to have any contact. Like in the other movies, there's always a rapport with the villains yeah. every single time over a radio on the phone. What he yeah. harasses, he teases them. Oh, but uh, his son has that role in this one. <laughs> He's just he's just yelling at his son the yeah, whole time. Yeah, yeah. He's and just nothing... he's just nagging. His I do kid. think he is the villain of this movie. I'm almost because po- I mean John he's... McCain Jr. No, John McClane. Oh, right. I think he's kind of the villain of this movie. <laughs> I think I just said John McCain. McCain. You did. I was like, oh, oh let it go. Oh god. <laughs> if he does it again, he's out. <laughs> oh god. It's it's uh, John McDracula next time. <laughs> But really, like, he's the one, I mean, he's got the rapport with him, and, like, he hates his fucking guts for most of this movie. If you looked at a Russian news report from the day that all this shit was going down, it would be like, uh, this just in, an insane American terrorist yep. is wandering the streets of Moscow, driving over all of our citizens, assaulting people, murdering people, all this shit's going on. And then... John McClane Jr. gets the orders 
as a CIA agent close to him that he's going to have to kill him. Take yeah, him. put put this guy down, dude. He's really yeah. giving us a black eye here. Zero gotta... dark 30 time. Just fucking take him out. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'd have to. And just do it. And it's ridiculous. Like, the amount... Like, the level of assholery that he reaches in this movie... It's got to be because he's not in America. Like, yeah. he conducts himself in such a piggish American way. Like, there's the scene where he is trying to stop a car, like, doing the whole, like, I'm a police officer, so I have to commandeer this vehicle, in the middle of a highway in Moscow. And this dude hits him with the car. And then the dude gets out to be like, what the fuck are you doing in the middle of the road? And Bruce Willis is like, oh, oh, what's that? You don't speak English? And punches him in the face and steals his car. Yeah, the line is, yeah, he's like, oh, you expect me to know what you're saying there? Yeah, well, yeah you're in my country. <laughs> yeah, you are the one who's in a different country. You are the foreigner. Nope, nope. You know what? I'm just always American, and everything around me becomes foreign automatically. <laughs> Again, wherever are, I am. Why are you putting him in this situation? It's you, Skip Woods, the fucking writer of this movie. Yeah, you keep him in America so he doesn't have to deal with this right. bullshit. So he can. So so instead of um, is assaulting this random uh, Moscow villain, he could have just like beaten up an immigrant cab driver yeah, that or something been much better <laughs> you know like perfect yeah. and then it would be, be true to the true to the spirit true of the to these, of the series like asshole roots yeah there is a stunt in this scene that i i feel i need to discuss because it inspired me to write a line that's kind of become pretty popular on this show so they're in this ballroom, you know, the guy's daughter turns out to be a traitor, kidnaps the political prisoner, her father, and then this carrot-munching motherfucker escapes, and there's this huge shootout. Up comes this huge, you know, armored helicopter and starts firing into this hotel, and these two guys jump out of this window in this sky-rise hotel and plummet to the ground, stopping every so often to like, you know, they land on a, a painting platform. They fall through that. They land through like a, a refuse tube and slide through like it. Slide on a marquee, like my ass movie, <laughs> my ass movie. Do you fall all this way? And then Bruce Willis, a pushing seventy-year-old man, stands up like dust myself off like okay hey how's my pussy son doing oh would you hurt yourself did that fall off the huge building hurt you did you cut your face it's right after that jump is when he pulls the glass out of his leg like it ain't no thing it's like it's so my ass movie like why john mcclain in the first movie would never do something that insane like yeah he ties a, a fire hose around his waist and jumps off the roof of the building or whatever but like He's tethered to something. It's a last-ditch thing that makes sense. This is like, I'm just going to jump off of a skyscraper and live to tell about it. And also, this movie is full of what we'll call little twists. Like, there's just <laughs> these little tiny twists Here that are supposed to be a big fucking deal. Yeah. And nobody cares. In the third one, they did this well because it was actually part of the plot. And Like, here... You, oh, you think it's the schools. You think, oh, he's going to blow up a bunch of schools. He's not doing that. He's doing this thing. Right. That's good. This thing, because of the twists, there is no tension with the villain. I blame the twists completely on why we don't have a good villain because, uh, spoiler alert, it, ta- it turns out that Yuri 
is the villain. Yeah, the political prisoner turns out to be the actual villain. And it would have been so much better if you had just built up... A, and he's a capable actor, obviously. The motherfucker yeah. worked with Verhoeven. So I don't understand why you don't just let that play out. Why do I need the other fucking defense minister, who is a nothing character? That dude who, like, yeah, the movie starts, and you're like, oh, okay, so this defense minister... Might be this villain. All right, that's fine. He's like clearly harassing this political prisoner. You know, like this is going to be the guy like high up in government that's actually crooked. No, that guy's a total afterthought who gets his neck broken while getting a massage in a throwaway (laughs) scene. Like the, the definition of a throwaway scene is like... Yuri, you know, the dude from Zwartbach calls him up and he's like, hey, man, how's it going? And he's like, oh, pretty good. Just about to get a massage. What are you up to? Oh, nothing. <laughs> just this terrorist attack. By the way, I thought I'd call to let you know. Uh, fuck you. And then like the, the the huge fat masseuse dude strangles this guy. Borgot got him right yeah. by the neck. <laughs> I'm just watching that scene. And I'm like, man, the timing of that phone call that he knew to call right before this masseuse strangled him. Like, yeah. Yeah, pretty I lucky thinking, yeah. i was thinking about this twist it's like what were they they were like you know they sent out the rough draft and stuff and people were like hmm political prisoner in russia well, we want this movie to play in russia make the political prisoner the villain <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly Man, uh, pussy riot pussy riot's the bad guy now <laughs> that would be great actually if they he has to fight a band at the end of- <laughs> yeah <laughs> what is he has it, scott to- pilgrim <laughs> he has to go to a labor like like a there's a labor camp in russia hard labor camp that is revolting <laughs> and they have to call in the best in the world john mcclain <laughs> and he walks into this hard labor camp and like all these you know withered people from doing hard labor have, have like their rakes and shovels and stuff and he has to just like kick them in their in their throats and, and shoot everyone you gotta quell the descent that's what you gotta do <laughs> so there now we all agree <laughs> So, you know, this dude, Yuri, gets kidnapped by his daughter, you know, as we've already mentioned, it's a fake kidnapping, but he's out of the picture. Like, they, yep. they all get away in the helicopter, and these two morons jump off a building. So, Jay Courtney is like, all right, well, I am totally bleeding right now. Uh, the guy got kidnapped. I've been burned by my own government. We should probably just get out of here. And yep. then Bruce Willis starts taunting his son and essentially Uh. bullies him into going on a suicide mission like that is what the rest of this movie is so stupid i mean you should have brought up to his son that now would be a good time to become a robot like he did (laughs) if you're hurting so much from a little fall off a building and a fall through 50 glass plate windows listen i know that you want to get these bad guys but first we have to get your adamantium skeleton put in once we do that, then we can go back out and fight the bad guys. So I mean, long as you're home in time for dinner. I mean, Sabretooth's going to have to kill your fiance, and there's going to be a whole thing here. <laughs> but like, eventually, we can get. That's just it. the price of doing business. Yeah, I mean, really, that's all. Yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. it is, yeah. man. So come on, we'll get X. another one. <laughs> But he's just like, he's like, oh, you're going to let the bad guys go away? Oh, you want to go home? You want to be a mall cop in New Jersey? Yeah. Oh, you think uh, that'll Dad, be great? that's what you're doing now. <laughs> yeah. By the way, that's a real pile of horse shit is he is just still on the NYPD. Don't think so. Mandatory retirement at 65. Get the fuck out of here and with do you, that. Do you notice in the uh, the background of when, they, when we introduce... You know, McLean at the NYPD, he's at a firing range. Yeah. And it, and at first, actually, um, 
you know, you're seeing like this withered bald frame, and I'm like, <laughs> James Carville's in this movie. <laughs> It it must turns, be the captain. It's it, going to be a good scene. Here we yeah, go. It turned out to be Bruce Willis, but then I thought it was also weird that like Obama's portrait was framed in the background, like really heavily. And I'm yeah. like, it's just another America, man. <laughs> I would just love it. Like fucking it's Bruce fish Willis. Out of water. He just takes gum out of his mouth and fucking sticks <laughs> oh, it on the oh, portrait. Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck it. Oh, <laughs> might as well go to Russia. <laughs> well, it's over. <laughs> Well, the the thing you're going to want to remember here about being under NYPD, Mr. McClane, <laughs> is you're going to have to do a couple of things my way, see? The first thing is not putting gum on the president's head there. That's a big disrespectful thing there you're going to do to our president. You might not agree with his politics, but I am your superior officer. <laughs> Carville just walks out. It'd be just God, as amazing. It'd be a great movie. <laughs> it'd be as, um, just as amazing as any other James Carville cameo. <laughs> <laughs> you respect the man that turned you into a robot. <laughs> Me and Mary went to Moscow once, and it, it was just a, a fun time. It was just a fun time, I got to tell you. People tell you you're not going to have a good time in Moscow. Well, that's just crazy horse hockey talk. I had a bunch of beet soup. <laughs> they call it boss. I just call it a good time. <laughs> James Carville would have made this movie a thousand times better. Without a doubt. As John McClane's brother, like, what... Sass McLean. <laughs> I'm his older brother, Sass. He's fantastic. Like, it's the older brother that made Sergeant before him, and now he's finally, he's like the captain, even though he... Yeah, yeah, meet my uh, shitty older brother from Louisiana, Sass McLean. <laughs> oh, pleasure to meet you there, Jay Courtney. I never got to meet my nephew. <laughs> Uh, my name is John McLean Jr. <laughs> oh, apologies. You look like a fellow who acts in one of them sword and sandal pictures. Went to college. My brother said college for Jagoff. <laughs> so this whole thing is like, uh, it's the, the whole showdown comes in the form of a road trip to Chernobyl. Because cause it's, like, it's like, hey, John McLean, you're a product of the 80s. You were a cop in 1986. You remember the Chernobyl meltdown? Get it? Yeah, it's it's like, yeah, okay, fine. And then, because this is a movie coming out in 2013, and we don't teach hist- we don't teach world history in this country anymore, there has to be a scene in this movie where where the son is explaining to the father what the Chernobyl incident is and like <laughs> what happened. And he's just like, he's like, yeah, yeah, the meltdown happened. And then the next day they had a children's parade to show that nothing went wrong. And then the day after that, 50,000 people had to evacuate. And you know what? They never came back. And like Bruce Willis is just sitting there like, I don't remember any of that. So it's a real hot spot, huh? All right. Yeah, there's totally a thing where he's like, eh, I'm not going to get ball cancer, am I? I'm like, shut, just shut up. Even if you did, would it matter? You already got children that hate you. <laughs> fucking immortal. Who cares? Yeah, that's true. It's just your, your, your balls would fall off, but your fucking, um, your, your, you know, skeleton, your yeah, metal I mean, skeleton your, would be fine. The flesh covering <laughs> over your cybernetic body yeah, would may bad. melt off, but you can get another one. There, he does make a bullshit joke because Bruce Willis is like, uh, we're going to get cancer or like whatever. And, and Jay Courtney's like, well, your hair already fell out, so, you know, I'm like, oh, he's bald. Which, by the way, though, I kind of think, like, the running theory here is that he has to have 
the Bruce Willis, I'm a bald guy, but I don't care haircut yeah. that he has in those first three where it's like the uber receding hairline and the bald spot, but he still has hair yeah. as opposed to these these most recent two where yeah. he's cue balling. Yeah. That fourth movie, he's super clean, like Mr. Clean cue balling. This one, there's like a little bit of like 10 o'clock shadow going on, but it's still the same premises. Like he doesn't leave anything up top. I feel like when John McClane takes off that up top leftover shit, he becomes a completely different character. Yeah. Like those are the two John McClanes. Oh, wow. It like activates like all the, the robot stuff. Yeah. It makes all that shit like kick in. Well, like I you mean, shave off your, your widow's peak. Well, it's the same thing as those fucking Expendables movies where it's just like you can be old and still kick ass. No, you can't. Sit the fuck down. <laughs> go home. Watch a movie. Drink your prune juice and shut the fuck up. I'm done with it. Like, really, it pisses me off because you we could have had a re- you could have just redone the Die Hard series you know, and had a funny guy. Who can also do action? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm you can't. A little, you, you can't know. remake Die Hard, right? Everyone would throw a fit. No, they wouldn't. They, they would be fine with it. Any any time, if you just do it, just do it. Well, I would say the closest thing we've come to that so far, when you think about that wave of like '80s action franchises is kind of the Terminator. Like, we've had other Terminators, right? right? Like, granted, Arnold's been in all of the movies in some capacity, technically, even that fourth one. But, like, the third one with, like, the Terminatrix. Oh, my I, what, God. That's not even... But, you know, that's gone on. There hasn't been anyone else who's played Rambo yet, you know, yeah. and just no one else has played John McClane yet. But I don't think it would be impossible for someone to be like, all right, we're just going to reboot it and there's going to be another guy. It has to be – it can't be a dude who's like too good looking. He's got to be a total blue collar like yeah. schlubbish guy. Like I don't, I can't think of casting, but it's got to be someone who's in like his late 30s. It can't be a yeah. super young guy. Like, like that's the thing, right? Like Jay Courtney isn't technically old enough to take over – this diehard franchise, even though that's what this movie is, is trying to be this torch he, passing. He's shit. not right for it, but like a Colin Farrell type. Yeah. A so guy like who a has a comedic side to him, but can also do the fucking push. I mean, the Total Recall movie is fucking horrendous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's but, dog shit. Uh, but that's the type of guy you want for this kind of character. Instead of this shit, where it's just all like, uh, yeah, you're never too old. Yes, you are. Yeah, you are always too old for something. You know what? I, I just actually, when you guys were talking, I thought up a, re, uh, a realistic pitch for the Expendables. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, you have all, you say those... You they know, fight osteoporosis. Right. But you say, you know, they, they can't do action anymore. So you have all these aging murderers from all parts of the globe. So you got, like, Stallone becomes president. Um, Lundgren becomes president of wherever he's from. <laughs> You got you got Van Dam taking Belgium. Yeah. You got you got Jet Li taking China, you know. Yeah. And now they're like you now they're like global murderers, right? Yeah. And they're like forcing armies to do their fun. Oh, Dude, yeah. oh, how about this? It's an action movie where all the major players work for the UN. Yes. And yeah. it's called Global Summit. Is yeah. the name of the movie, and they just throw down, right? And it's like we're all gonna we're all gonna bully one country into uh, dissolving, right? So like, let's say who Jason Statham, right? Yeah, is like 
the prime minister of England, and it's like <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna bully up on Statham. He's the villain in this movie, and then we'll get we'll get the United Kingdom to dissolve. All, all the countries of the world come in, one comes out. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, Expendables meets In the Loop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Clearly, the winner is Jet Li in China. By the way, yeah. right? I, I yeah. don't think there's much disputing no. that. <laughs> Some cutthroat stuff going on. So the whole thing is they're going to Chernobyl because at some point before the meltdown, this dude, Yuri, uh, locked this vault that has a bunch of enriched uranium, like weapons-grade Man, uranium. that is laying all over the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Out there, that's, that's everything it's about. Yeah. Everywhere you look, It's uranium. not like anybody's looked over Chernobyl. Yeah, exactly. Oh, what's this safe? Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck it. Yeah, oh, there, were, there would have been tons of treasure hunters that would have come down there by then, right? Looking <laughs> yeah. for what was left behind. Yeah, oh, bounty. absolutely. Yeah, that absolutely. stuff's totally happy. People have been Dicked like, over. Is like, what Chernobyl is. You know, no Jonesy one, and Mac have been there by now. <laughs> no one's moved back there. Like that, it's still an abandoned city. Yeah. But people have been in there studying it and whatnot. Matthew Broderick was there, and Godzilla. He oh, was man. It, studying the worms. Remember, <laughs> oh, Chernobyl worms. It, it would be great if. There was a national treasure where fucking Nicolas Cage had to go to fucking Chernobyl. I have to take the Declaration of Independence to Chernobyl. I don't know why. He just gets off the plane, starts coughing blood, vomiting <laughs> over it. All teeth are falling out. Justin Barth is vomiting everywhere. What is this movie? What are these movies about again? <laughs> All right. It's uh, you know these movies where he takes the Declaration of Independence Historical somewhere. Shenanigans yeah, is t- what I I, I filed <laughs> National Treasure under. We got to read it at the same time with the Magna Carta at the <laughs> precise moment while Orion is in loop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. Get the planets and stars involved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because that's when Paul Revere did it. Like it was all in line. Yeah, dude. All... Saturn was in retrograde. Oh no, mm-hmm. that was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. When Benjamin Franklin. Got syphilis. It was in retrograde. <laughs> it was late for an eclipse. Little Nobody, known not facts. Many people know that. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, the the exciting conclusion of this movie is the two of them steal a car full of guns and drive to Chernobyl. Oh yeah, they, which, which they steal from criminals. Yeah, they go to there's a there's like a Chechen nightclub and they're just like jacking open the trunks like oh oh there's only two guns in this trunk. Oh, there's two bodies in this trunk. Oh, there's a the whole like weapons stockpile. This is the car we want. I mean, you so you got you you have Instead of meeting Chechen terrorists, we meet their automobiles. Yeah, you know, no I mean, confrontation there. That might have been a little more interesting. Maybe John McClane's in Moscow, and you know he's meeting his boy, getting his boy out of prison for doing petty crime, and right. then the Chechens take over. The big uh-huh. question, since we're in Russia, where is Ray Serbagia? Where is he? To just the bad guy from the Saint. Um, Excuse me. And in um, the what? The bad guy from the saint. The saint with Val Kilmer. It's not a. It's not a popular movie anymore. (laughs) In Snatch, he's the Russian guy who won't die. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's in all these movies as this fucking guy, this Russian terrorist guy. Yeah. yeah. Where is he? Yeah. This was his time to shine. Like he's he's the guy. No. He's the guy who's going to have all the witty quips with McLean over the radio, yeah. right? Like, he's that guy. 
He, 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 he also kind of looks like uh, the Doseke's most interesting man in the he world does, guy, yep. but with a beard. But you're right. Yeah, that guy's been training his whole life to be a diehard villain. Yeah. And just it doesn't happen. No. Fuck I'm, it. Yuri. And you don't even. I mean, the guy who plays Yuri, like we've mentioned, is a great actor. They don't let him do anything. He's not hammy, though. That's. And I mean, you need a little bit of You got to twirl the mustache in yep. a diehard movie. Need some ham, need some Swiss. You need the whole thing. <laughs> like Somebody when, had fun. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> where is the. Oh! Somebody had fun. Like, holy shit, is that just, just the fucking greatest. some William Sadler naked aerobics? Like, that's all I need. Talking about a fat lady on a phone? You could simply say there was a fat woman on it, and it took you a minute to get her off. Oh, the Samaritan. <laughs> Jeremy Irons is great in yes. that movie. Speaking of that, yes, this scene and it, it's uh, we'll we'll talk about the big one. The big one's coming. Yeah, the big the biggest pile of horseshit. Um, but there there are quite uh, along with the you know the driver and the banter there. There all there are all of these little like remember the other movies that are way way fucking better. Um, because in this scene, the them taking the shit out of Chernobyl, it looks exactly when they're taking out the gold out of the reserve. Yes, you're the right. We needed uh, exactly Johnny come marching home to be playing there. Yeah, yeah you're Fort right. Knox. He said, "Your Fort Knox." Es ist Fort Knox, mein Gott. <laughs> and he got rattled when McLean pushed him. <laughs> that guy's great. That fucking psychiatrist in that movie. Put on a dress and fuck me. I was going, I was to, going say, to say kill you. <laughs> oh, I want to watch Die Hard with a Vengeance! But instead, it's a good day to die hard. So, the McLeans show up, right? And the, uh, we're already getting the uranium out. And there's this whole little army there. And they have this horse shit scene before they go into possibly certain death. You know, and they're just having a heart to heart. And it ends with Bruce Willis saying, I love you, boy. What? John McClane just said, what? Stop it. Another my ass movie. You can do that. The very last scene of the movie where you're both in stretchers next to each other being taken (laughs) by the paramedics. Yeah. That's where that belongs. Not before we go do this action thing. It takes you right out of it. And I'm like... All right, go in there and kill everyone now, I guess. Well, if you want to have a, if because if, I understand you, you want to have some a little affection with this. Guy. Have it at the beginning thing, John McClane, and I don't know how he'd get on a plane with this thing, but he's got this little, you know, this little box with him, and he's carrying it around the whole time. And in this scene, he's like, he takes it out, he unlocks, it, he's like, here's your grandfather's god killer, and it's a magnum. <laughs> Take this. We're gonna go kill a bunch of people. Sure, that's what McLean would do. Yeah, would, like here is a weapon of murder. Take it to murder people because that's the family business. I mean, this whole bullshit thing of like you know getting this relationship back on track. Ugh. He even talks with the bad guy towards the the front of the movie about like you know dealing with kids and whatnot. And I'm like, mm. why is this villain? By the way, like you think about it after the turn, but you're like. Why did that villain have that conversation with him? Like, just stand there. Yeah. You know, it's all like, oh, kids, raising kids is tough. Oh, I know, my daughter, I love her so much. It's <laughs> never too late to to get back with your son well, and all this horse shit. Well, until the turn, Yuri is acting like he's on, like, five Valiums. Like, he's, he's just like sleepwalking. professor. Because he's trying to play it like, oh, I'm so scared yeah. by all this action that's going on. And then he shoots the carrot eater in the head. Like, you need that turn to happen when McLean 
and the son are in their presence. Like the audience has to find out at the same time as the McLeans yeah. that this dude is crooked. Not the way it happens, whereas he just murders this guy and he's like, now it's my uranium. And like then the McLeans come in and you're like, okay, well, eventually they're going to find him out. So now I'm just twiddling my thumbs. As if I'm even supposed to know the carrot eater's name. I'm calling him the carrot eater. <laughs> like, fuck, man. I just want to remember his name, and that's your job. Yeah. As a director and a writer. I might as well uh, just have him credited as the carrot eater in the script. Bugs Bunny. There. (laughs) The villain is Bugs Bunny. So it's just, I mean, it's it's your useless diehard shootout. Like, the whole thing happens, you know, Yuri tries to get away this you know this whole nonsense happens they make their way up to the roof and the daughter is getting this chopper ready to go mm-hmm. so bruce willis goes after the daughter and 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 young mclean goes after yuri up on this rooftop or whatever and like this helicopter takes off and it's it's the the second time in the movie a helicopter starts firing like it's super cannons at a building. It already happened at that hotel scene, so you're like, oh, this is original. That's like rain in Russia, right? You know, it's, <laughs> it's just like, a oh. helicopter firing at someone. Yeah. Oh, it's oh look, it's Wednesday. Someone's firing at the building again. <laughs> and so this is the biggest piece of bullshit in the movie because McLean realizes what's about to happen to his son. And he backs, he like ties a chain around this Jeep and backs it out like the back of this huge helicopter, right? It's like, it's a helicopter that's so big, there's like a loading dock on it. Whatever. And so like the car is about to go. And that's when he has the the things you do for your kids. (sighs) Reverse, Uh, you know, so the helicopter's Mm -hmm. flying all over the place. Well, am I wrong in saying that is is the Jeep the thing with the uranium in it? Um, or is that on the ground still? I forget. I don't know if it really matters. It doesn't matter. But like, I, <laughs> I don't think thinking, the movie remembers. I don't remember. <laughs> if the thing falls and like you just explode a bunch of uranium, you're all dead anyway. So who gives a shit? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know if they've loaded it up. So like, we've got these two battles going on. Right. And at one point, you know, the the guy that we closely associate with being the the meg- megalomaniacal villain of this whole thing. This guy, Yuri, who's been a villain for 10 minutes, tops. Total tops. A whole 10 minutes. Jay Courtney throws him off the roof of this building, and they have the (laughs) audacity to to parody the Hans Gruber shot. They do. They parody it, but then he falls into the blades of the helicopter, and it's just a blood mist. Fucking oh. last, the last Boy Scout level fucking you know, shredding. I'll give this movie one credit, and that is blood mist. Yeah, good blood mist. I mean, it's pretty, pretty cool. This yeah, dude, This dude is turned into human sushi how, instantly. But how insane. It's like, okay, so you, you work for the CAA. You've been working so hard to get this guy out of, you know, whatever. And then you, you have him. He turns out to be a bad guy. Okay, well, maybe we can use him for uh, well, something. Well, then he doesn't have any information anymore. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly, yeah. He has no knowledge of, and, oh, of stuff we'd want to know about. He's a bad guy. Never mind. There's also like some stupid hoorah scene of like um, John McClane and John McClane Jr. like beating the shit out of someone that's just like, oh, you know, now, now we're going to go be all America on you. Ooh. When? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember something right before he goes after Yuri. That right, I I, maybe maybe they weren't like physically beating up someone, but they were like pep talking like, yeah, now we're going to really 
be America. Well, it's all fucking New Jersey pride. I'm tired of it. <laughs> well, the thing it. is, they've been beaten down for eons. That, I, I know that they have to like rise up. You yeah. Know? But I Plainsboro is really, you know. I mean, but that's what it is. That's also the scene where he's like, oh, I ran into so-and-so down the street the other day and his boy's doing blah, blah, blah. Oh, that's funny. Remember that time you bailed me and him out of jail because blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, stop reminiscing. Stop talking about how awesome America is. It's worse than that. It's not that. I wish it was that. If it was just him saying, hey, you know, uh, I, I bumped into Maddie Donahue the other day, and yeah. he's doing just fine, and he's fucking, he's got a dental practice or whatever. What he does do is he's like, you know what? Maddie Donahue took his father out for a vacation. He's asking his son, <laughs> who he's on the way to, you know, to Chernobyl yes. with, that he wants him take him on a vacation yeah he's well he, he you, yeah you reminded me of what they're doing so he's comparing like oh this was supposed to be my vacation i come to russia and now i'm going to chernobyl great who goes on vacation to chernobyl i guess i have to and i'm like well i'm sorry you sad sack piece of shit nobody asked you here in the first place yeah. you didn't <laughs> have to go anywhere you were not welcome You've accrued all this vacation time. You could have gone anywhere. You chose to try to fucking tag along with your son in Moscow. There's a fucking Red Wings game now. <laughs> so can we talk about when he jumps? So the truck is dangling off the helicopter. Oh, oh God. Yeah, And okay. he jumps off of it or like is sort of thrown off of it. And he's thrown safely away from all that crazy shit that's happening. <laughs> But then through a, he first of all his robot body turns him into a CGI cartoon, and then he flies <laughs> yeah. through the glass, and it, and, it, and it's safe as a cushy CGI, so he's yeah. not hurt. And then he rolls around. He's just in a building now, and it's just like, oh, that's it. I'll just dust myself off. <laughs> It's ridiculous. Like the helicopter, because it's being weighed down by the Jeep, is like spinning in a circle. And that dude's body fell through the propeller. So I'm sure that, uh, you know, kind of uncalibrated some things. Right. So it's it's spinning in a circle and he's holding on like by two hands and he waits till it's like the momentum's going to swing him around and he lets go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A cartoon bubble forms around him. (laughs) And he just, it's so. It's impossible. Like, you're so just dead. Maybe between, like, the helicopter and the, I was going to say the wall, which is pretty much true, but, like, the glass. Yeah. He, like, um, eats one of those stars from uh, Super Mario Brothers. (laughs) Yeah. Bruce Willis is just sparkling as he goes through this window. It's like a uranium thing, you know? Then all of a sudden you hear that where it's coming. Down. It's not. It's gonna stop soon. Yeah, it's gonna stop. Get ready, Bruce. <laughs> you better go through that glass soon. It's gonna wear off. So then the kid finds him, and, and like, the helicopter crashes into like the biggest explosion in the world. Yeah, and they jump again through this whole thing. They fall four fucking flights into a swimming pool. Oh right, because now the helicopter's like crashing into the building they're in now, and he has to yeah. jump again. Oh, come on. <laughs> There's so much jumping from heights in this movie. Ah, I mean, that's why, like, the other movies, everything is measured. So you can be like, oh, man, they do that crazy slide down the cable in that third movie. Isn't that nuts? There's no other super jumps in Die Hard 3. Like, that's the super jump. You used your super jump. That's it. Yeah, the first one. Oh, remember that time he jumped off the building and was tied by the fire hose? 
That's the super jump. Like, that's all you get. You don't get four super jumps in one movie. Not in, not cool. Oh, but also just like a creative set piece. I beg of you guys. <laughs> a fu- the flooding of the, uh, the tunnels in the aqueduct. In the third one, is insane. It's insane. He's surfing on a dump truck, and it's crazy. Again, it's silly, and it's crazy, but that's what I want. I want this to be silly and crazy. And you know what? The end of that sequence in that movie, when the water shoots him up the pipe, you know what he does? He shoots out. He was alongside the highway. Sam Jackson's, like, driving by and sees it happen. He goes... Seven feet in the air, like a believable yeah. yes. height, and falls back to the ground and has a hard time getting and, up. Yeah. Also, you know, that was with a dump truck, which is like more of an everyday type of thing. And ever since we had the fourth movie, everything oh, has. Blackhawks. Uh, yeah, everything yeah. is military grade. John McClane yes. should not exist in the military grade scenarios, unless it's, I guess, Die Hard 2. But. It's different. You know, that's guys with guns. All he has is his pistol. Like, it's his feet and his fucking pistol. And that's it. God damn it. Yeah, no, he should not be getting access to rocket launchers or whatever the hell. He shouldn't have to blow up, uh, you know, a military helicopter with a cop car. Yeah. (laughs) Let me just throw this there. Let me throw that on there. Because I'm, I'm a robot now. Let's see what that happens. Let me just stick that over there. See if that makes it blow up. Robot power. You know what I was thinking was when they're, uh, they first go into Chernobyl and you don't know what they're looking for and it's like this night vision goggle wearing hip high tech team going around. I was like, imagine they just unearthed Dracula. <laughs> Like that was turns like that's the t- like the turn this movie That'd takes. It's like we found Dracula's crypt. Like what the fuck? Good I, evening. I-, <laughs> I am Adam Dracula. <laughs> Oh, hello, <laughs> Officer McLean. So nice to see you. That actually might be the premise of that shitty uh, found footage movie, Chernobyl Diaries. Oh, yeah. That's Adam Dracula look. just living here in Chernobyl. The rent is to kill for. <laughs> there hasn't been much blood t- here. Finally, <laughs> some company. Come in. I live in all of Chernobyl. <laughs> I am Adam Dracula. <laughs> Tired of drinking blood from children with fins. <laughs> oh, man, he's just growing them there, too. Ooh. Yeah, it's bad. Oh, man, that <laughs> guy's... He's a, he's a nice guy when you meet him, Adam, you know? He's like... But then when you get to know him, man... When you, when you get to know what Adam Dracula is really up to, which is growing and harvesting mutated children, <laughs> it's a bit disappointing. For his own succulents, yeah. of course. Oh, oh, of course, for for his own you know life-sustaining or afterlife-sustaining uh, abilities. So, I mean, that's it. They fucking blow it up. And then, like, Junior thinks that John McClane is dead, and he's like, John... John, dad, yep. and you're like, oh, he did it. He called him dad. Maybe the relationship is fixed. And then it's like, oh, hey, I'm over here. Did you just call me dad? No. All right, then. Well, barbecue. Yeah, but- that's it's so stupid. Like I was waiting for, you know, the CIA to be like, yeah, we burned you, but we've still been monitoring you or something. Yeah. A, a SWAT team comes in and extracts them. It's like. The the movie ends with them walking away from Chernobyl, like this this site at Chernobyl, being like, "Ah man, you're a McLean. This is what we do. Welcome to being a McLean. It's just what we do. We walk three thousand miles. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll walk till we hit something. 
Let's uh, let's then, just walk right out of this movie. Well, actually, no. Um, hold on. Uh, got up here. I got a helicopter in my head, and uh, <laughs> just left this. Uh, oh right. Go, 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 McLean Copter. Here we go. <laughs> that totally could have happened. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. That would be like the uh, post-credit scene. Well, the, the bullshit thing is like it's like they're coming when they get when they do touch down, and here's fucking Mary Elizabeth Winstead again. It's like they're coming back from Iraq. Like it's like slow motion, the big music, and I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's oh. supposed to end with a big bang. Fuck you. Oh right, because at the end of the theatrical, yeah. she's back, right? Yeah, she comes back. See, that's the thing. The director's mm. cut, which I watch, it just ends with them just walking away. Did the director hate her? I, that's the thing, right? Like, I I kind of praised this decision at the end or at the beginning of this episode, but the more I think on it, it's like, why would you sacrifice characterization for a longer car chase that's already way too long? Yeah, like. Okay, you introduced this daughter in the last movie or reintroduced her. Now the son's here. You have her in, in this movie. Like, build on it. Yeah. You have it. Don't ignore it. You know what I mean? Like, the whole movie's about his family. Yeah. Don't cut her out of it for your director's cut. That's just sloppy director's cut. Making. And I mean, I imagine it's more like fucking, I, I guarantee you Mary Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth Winsett does not give a shit. And just wants to be in and out of it. That was a one day for for her. Oh just yeah, one day. Okay, so I'm dropping you off at the airport. Got it. Okay, and now I'm picking you up. Okay, perfect. Have a fun time, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like you know the end of all the other movies. It's like the 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 helicopter shot looking down on the scene, right? Like the ambulances pulling up to Nakatomi, the fire trucks pulling up to the air uh, the the airplane at the, you know on the tarmac and whatnot. The fire trucks and everything pulling up to the the wreckage of Jeremy Irons' dead helicopter corpse. Like, we get those in those movies. And director's cut or theatrical cut don't have that. Like, it doesn't end where the action ends. Yeah, um, because how's that socialism working out for you, right? No fire trucks? (laughs) No ambulances? Well, they're in a ghost town. No fire trucks, no ambulances. <laughs> Which, by the way, all this stuff is happening in Chernobyl. I wouldn't light a cigarette in Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to do any. You know I have to be there. First of all, getting me there, I mean, it would <laughs> that, have to be a military operation. <laughs> also, how about um, opened wounds? Yeah. yeah. No, no, I don't want to rub that fucking, dirt in there. Yeah, you know what? Die Hard 6, they both turn into aliens. You know, we have a couple of Russian listeners, and I would like them to write in. You know, I would like to know what their perspective would be on this. Sh- on this, I almost said shit. It is this shit. This shitty on this movie. shit. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we all hate movies at gmail dot com. I would love to hear a Russian or Eastern European perspective on this movie. And I the- mean, or a Ukrainian. Like, would would someone on you know the outskirts of Chernobyl be like, hey, man? bunch of explosions going on back at Chernobyl. Think we should send someone in there? It might be happening again. Like, or whatever. Like, there's no well, authorities that show Right, up. yeah, because they kept on coming for Adam Dracula's parties. <laughs> yeah. And they realized it was nothing. Oh, that's just, it's just Adam Dracula. He's having another fancy sex party. <laughs> Sexy blood party. I love a man in... Thin children. <laughs> I love a man in uniform. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a piece of shit. It's a good day to die hard, and I hope it's 
the last. But you know, here's the thing: this movie was super successful. Oh, yeah. It was made on the cheap because we're all just jumping in front of computer screens, and it made like three hundred million dollars worldwide. Ugh. It tanked in this country, but you know, that might be audiences. that might be enough to sink it for good, though. You know, America has spoken. I wish that was the case these days, but it's just not. Like it's not with. But I guess, if you can, if you can make buku bucks on the global box office, doesn't matter. But I then we're I destined. I guarantee you, there's going to be at least one more. Uh, you know these foreigners are ruining it. <laughs> International listeners, stop seeing Bruce Willis movies. But I do wonder what's going to be the next pun. What can they like a, a, a fucking live free or die hard? Like good. Uh, Good day to die hard. Like, uh, well, I said die hard in space, so maybe it's like that's one small step for man, one giant leap for die hard. <laughs> yeah, and he just like goes that. to the moon for or some reason. We, we, you know, one day we all gotta die hard. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's gotta be more. Die hard comes from us. All, comes for us all. We all die hard alone. Yeah, that that yeah. that might be it. <laughs> That's the great one to finish it off. But he fucking dies at the end of it by like sneezing too hard, and he gets a fucking embolism in his brain and dies. Just drops dead. Or it's directly after this, and like the Chernobyl stuff is taken hold, and he's just you know. He's oh, we really shouldn't have went to that wasteland chasing that terrorist. <laughs> it's just like fifty fifty. Or it's an, just a- an enemy government has him stringed up and is cutting off his robot limbs. You know, <laughs> we have to see him. how you work. Yeah. He's like, what are you talking about? We heard you were a robot. No, I'm not. <laughs> and then they make, yeah, and then they take the science behind that and make make McLean's for other countries. Yeah. Then it becomes what's that Bruce Willis clone movie? Oh, surrogates, surrogates, yes. which has some of the worst computer effects this side of anything. That movie, I'll say, surrogates. I had more fun watching than oh, this. Oh, much, much better. Movie. Oh yeah, the surrogates. There's a clear cut villain. There's a story that's going on. It feels like 88 minutes and not 880 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 got a, a stupid premise, but mm, this might even be stupid. I really need to hammer that home. By the way, all the other movies are much longer and feel much quicker. Yeah, this is 95 minutes. I can do a 95 minute movie in my sleep. It doesn't take anything. I. D- it's actually the- how you write your film reviews. Exactly. You sleep through the little movie and then just type tact. a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> oh, what's this? Oh, uh, 12 Years a Slave. Let me put that on. Uh, good night, honey. <laughs> I do have a banky at all the screenings. Um, no, but like, I, I've wa- this is the second time I watched this. The first time, I couldn't remember the first 30 minutes for the life of me. Yeah. And this time, I couldn't remember the last 30 minutes for the life of me. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, at least with the first part of it, it's like, just get to the terrorist attack. Like, the movie doesn't start until there's a terrorist attack you know what i mean and we're just slogging away with this john mcclain jr backstory because we're supposed to care and the russian uh, we talked about it already but that russian the scene where he's talking to the russian cab driver it goes on for a while it's way too long and it's he says maybe two words (laughs) all right for any of our listeners who did not make it out to the theater to see a good day to die hard is anyone going to recommend a good day to die hard fuck out of here no all right goodbye Oh, uh, no, I wouldn't recommend it either. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, man, I'm not going to recommend this. And I would even say, like, for someone who considers themselves either, A, a Bruce Willis completist, which, you know, 
what are you doing with oh, yourself? Yeah. I mean, you've got a lot of work ahead of yeah, you. Yeah, or be a, a diehard completist. Like, you might even want to think about this movie as being like a non-canon situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I would almost go so far as to wager when they inevitably make a sixth diehard, which they're going to, they might even just gloss over this existing, right? Like, there's always those sequels we pretend don't happen. Mm, like, right, right. Like Highlander 2 into Highlander 3. Yeah, just, anyone? Anyone? <laughs> just no mention of it, right? It's like they're not going to be like, oh, rem- well, remember the last time in Russia? Like in the other movies, they do. Obviously, the third one recalls the first one for clear reasons and yeah. stuff like that. But it's all like, oh, you're the motherfucker from the Nakatomi incident. Or, oh, you did the, you know, the big thing at the Dulles airport or whatever. The thing with the ta- That's my favorite part of Die Hard with a Vengeance. All they say is that thing with the tower. That's all they say, and it's done with. Yeah, and you just know what he's talking like. In Die Hard Six is not going to be like, oh, yo, you're the dude from Chernobyl. <laughs> hey, yo, I heard you're the one that made uh, you blew up Chernobyl. <laughs> oh, you're the one that started World War Three. Dot com. You look. You who like who is registry? Like who owns ww dot com? Comes up John McClane, Patterson, <laughs> New Jersey. It's John McClane startup. It's all like fucking uh, like doomsday prepare. Tips. Oh, dude, you took the words <laughs> out of my mouth. John McClane is definitely a doomsday prepper. His fucking bunker. Well, because the thing is, he knows that the Expendables are rising to power yeah. in all the countries. So he he's going to be in power soon. So he's got to do something. And I love, by the way, how he was fighting with Stallone over money with that third Expendables movie. Oh, my God. I didn't like Expendables 2, but it is a way more entertaining and well-made yep. movie than Absolutely. A Good Day to Die. I would that. agree to in, that. In every aspect. Because it has Jean-Claude Van Damme as your villain. Your that, clear-cut villain. Yeah. That alone, I would recommend uh, Expendables 2. <laughs> There you go. Instead of watching A Good Day to Die Hard, go back and check out Expendables 2 if you haven't. Well, that's when that money thing came out, um, part of me was wondering, and it, it hasn't been... What, you, when I was mentioning the global box office? No, 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 uh, no. Bruce Willis Bruce not, Willis not getting out of bed in Bulgaria for <laughs> under a quarter of a million dollars or some in, shit. Yeah. Expendables 3, he's, he's like, it's got to be a million dollars. Straight up. How much was it? Was I don't know. It, it, it might have been cool more. Million. I don't know. But it was it was like ridiculous for what his character and role would have been. Part right. of me does think that some of this is like, I don't want to work anymore, but I don't really know how to say no to this stuff. So I'm just going to throw out these fucking crazy ass figures. I think that's probably <laughs> also part of it because and, he, he would just like, well, let's see what happens. And like, he must have tossed out some insane number for this. And he's just like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to do anything, but. You know, if you want to pay me to, you know, say these lines, fine. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it, I'll do it. Which is unfortunate. It's, you know, probably my top three favorite action franchises. And it's it's an embarrassment at this point. You know what I mean? It's just a joke. I do know what you mean. (laughs) Well, thank you. I'm glad to know know you guys get me in my disgust for this franchise. I get it. Souring. So this is the last episode of our worst of yes maybe we could briefly just mention what we think are some of the best movies of 2013 yes i know totally. i know cabin could run a blue mile with that uh, one. yeah <laughs> um i mean i'll, I'll i'm a, a big 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 proponent of uh the wolf of wall street i think uh-huh. it's phenomenal i think it's hilarious i think uh it, all the it glamorizes lewd usage man yeah man man and the award for people just missing the fucking point this yeah. year goes to those fucking people. <laughs> it's just, it's Holy so shit. so out of control. What were you watching? Like, 
I really, I, I usually get it. I usually do get what when people get complaining about this stuff. Yeah. I usually at least have an idea of what they're talking about. Right. This, I don't know how you watch that movie and think, <laughs> I mean, those guys are so great. Well, it's like the rappers that have clearly never seen the last 20 minutes of Scarface and fucking <laughs> idolized Tony Montoya. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, because, ah, like what? Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so glamorized when he's fucking punching his wife in the stomach at the end of that movie. It's, you know, it's like showing you what bullshit capitalism, it, capitalism and, is. And it does it and, so straight-faced and so well. And... They just, I mean, these people who don't like, I, I really have no patience for them. Yeah. Um, one of your favorites, Eric? Uh, well, one of my favorites is Inside Lewin Davis. Mm. And I want to sing it even louder than usual just because of the Oscar snubs. And I know the Oscars don't really matter in the scheme of things. Never have, never will. But <laughs> I think it's one of the best Coen Brothers movies, period. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I couldn't believe it because like, I've always loved the Coen Brothers. I will defend even some of their lesser titles. But this was just phenomenal, and I think people need to run out and see it. I've, I've, I said it uh, when I saw. It, I think it's their best since Lebowski easily. Yeah, uh, for a, me, it's their best. Yeah, since Lebowski. It's, that's and it's a, it's like one of those things that could be debated, but no one who hears someone say that would be like, "You're fucking crazy." Yeah. Like that's how good that movie is. It's right. it's it's a good movie. Uh, one that I'm going to toss out is Thomas Vinterberg's The Hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a movie, it's a Danish movie with Mads Mikkelsen, NBC's Hannibal, or Casino Royale's uh, Le Chiffre. Um, Valhalla, who rose? Exactly, exactly <laughs> thank you, the murderous Viking. Um, it's a movie about, he, he lives in this small town, and he is falsely accused of molesting a girl. And it's just about, like, this town turning on him. And it is probably one of the most nail-biting thrillers. It, like, it, in a film that's not, like, you on the outset, you look at that movie and you're like, well, okay, that's maybe some sort of drama or something yeah. like that. I mean, this is, like, pounding your fingernails into your thigh, like, holy shit, thriller. And it's, I mean, Nichols, he gives one of the best performances of the year. I mean, that whole movie is centered on his performance and he nails it every scene. Yeah, I, you know, and I know, like, we don't normally nominate, like, foreign film performances for, you know, acting awards, mm-hmm. like Oscar, you know, acting awards, whatever. But, like, if there was ever a time to break that mold, yeah. you know, it's it's him in that movie. It's fantastic. And uh, I think one that I can throw out that we'll all communally agree on is her. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I like I like it. I wasn't yeah. as blown away by it as I was hoping to be, but mm-hmm. I think it's still pretty good. Although... Uh, Steven Sadek, who isn't here today, uh, I believe dislikes her. He does he dislike her. So I just want to yeah. put that out there. Yeah, it's it's, the it's, the it's three out of four WHM readers approve of her. Different opinions on <laughs> We Hate Movies. <laughs> so that's it. That's the worst of 2013. Like we said, man, you know, this movie was this year, this movie year was not in short supply of crap. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's just some mm-hmm. of the crap. Uh, you know, we already did Grown Ups 2 and Summer Blockbuster. Right. Yeah. So you guys got a hefty dose of 2013. Yeah, Now exactly. we can put it away. Yeah, now it now it's just, it's done with. Now See 2014 you. begins and look forward to Ride Along come <laughs> next January. What's Ride Along, Chris? It's Ice Cube and Kevin Hart being assholes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Get Ooh, ready. Yeah. 
That's a good day to die hard from 2013, directed by John Moore. If you want to get a hold of us for more information about the show, check out our website, whmpodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We are at whmpodcast. We're very active in the social media community, so come on out and chat with us about whatever you want. We will personally get back to you. It's not an intern. It's us. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's us it's us typing those tweets, man. Mm-hmm. Composing those Facebook comments. Taking your shit. <laughs> it doesn't happen often, but it don't get us wrong, it does happen. We're not for everyone. Right into the mailbag if we are or are not for you. We all hate movies at gmail.com. Eric's program, Blame It on Outer Space, is also available. Blame it on outer space.com at blame space pod on Twitter. Facebook.com slash Blame It on Outer Space. Both of these shows are available in iTunes and on the Stitcher Radio app. So rate and review wherever you get the show. Leave us some kind words. Boost the profiles of these shows. We would greatly it's, appreciate it. It's the least it. you could do, really. I mean, I mean, <laughs> you hardly ever visit our iTunes page. <laughs> you're never there. You never come say hi when you're on iTunes. You never breeze by. The least you could do is leave a note. But- I made all this matzo ball soup, and you're not even going to leave a, a comment. Uh, next week starts the highly anticipated listener request month. Four calls will make it to air over the next four weeks with picks from listeners like you. Uh, so we're going to start things off with something a bit obscure. So, Eric... What kind of a hint can we throw out here? Yeah, this is going to be a little of a left field hint. You're going to have to really think about it for a minute. Mm-hmm. But uh, takes place in the Houston slums, sort of. Mm, the Houston slums is the location for next week's film. Right. So until next week, where we visit the Houston slums, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Gavin. Take it easy. Shit we do for our kids. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker.